Welcome to the Journal Podcast. I'm Luke Holloway, editor of the Journal. In this episode, I'll be talking to Ian Callaghan. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing the year ahead and the CII presidential theme for 2024. I'm joined by Ian Callaghan, president of the Chartered Insurance Institute. Here's my conversation with Ian. Hello, Ian, and thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. No problem, Luke, and uh, hello to you too. Thank you. We're really pleased to have you as our, our CII's new president for, for 2024. I'm sure our listeners will be keen to find out a little bit more about you and, and about your presidency. So thanks very much. Problem. So Ian, can you start by telling us a bit more about your involvement with the Chartered Insurance Institute then throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I joined the CII at an early age, actually, um, principally because my line manager at the time when Swinton sort of like told me to do so. Um, because he felt that would help me broaden my horizons within the insurance industry and, and open up uh, a few doors for me. And to be fair, although I, I was at Swinton for, as I say, initially for 18 years, it, it did. Um, what what joining the CII did at that particular time was that, like a lot of people, um, I thought insurance was just selling. So that's all you did. I did. I wasn't aware that there were other uh, elements under the generic term of insurance and other departments that existed. Things such as like finance, treasury, uh, the uh, claims, the loss adjusters, um, even legal. Compliance wasn't around when I first started. Regulation wasn't a big thing then. In fact, I don't think it was anything at that particular time. But uh, as time went on, I mean, I, I met individuals through uh, technical meetings, which are now CPD events, uh, and network in social networking. Um, and I was able to speak to people who were of my own age, but also who were older than me. Um, and that's when I found out about the diverse roles within insurance and what you can do and that. You didn't just have a, a job which was just selling insurance and all the rest of it. So there was underwriting, there was claims, there was all sorts of the other richness which are, which exists within the insurance industry. Um, from that, I, I moved from place to place. So I moved from Manchester Institute, which was my very first institute, and went to several other institutes upon settling uh, in North Wales, where I actually live. And joined the North Wales, uh, the Insurance Institute in North Wales, uh, as was then, um, went on council. Um, I did my first presidential stint as president of the North Wales Insurance Institute. We then merged with Chester. Um, I then moved institute again to go to Kendall, um, with various friends of mine were actually in the Kendall Institute and I went to a dinner and got very drunk and they coerced me into joining the Kendall Council, principally to keep Kendall open, actually, at that particular time uh, for a couple of years, uh, which we succeeded in doing and Kendall is now thriving, thankfully. Um, but uh, whilst I was at the um, local institute level at North Wales and Kendall, I served as president of Kendall I then went on the regional council in the Northwest Regional Council, sat on that, serving both uh, institutes at different times. I then was 
elected to go on to what was Rep Council at the time, the Representative Council. And from Rep Council, I got voted on a place on the board of the CII. Um, and from 2015 to 2021, I served my full six-year stint as a non-exec board member of the CII. Um, I had to step down as time served in uh, June 21. Uh, whilst on the board, I also um, sat on the Norms and Rems Committee. And then I had a phone call out the blue in June 2022 asking me would I consider becoming Deputy President of the CII, uh, which was culminating on the 1st of January, uh, becoming having the, the privilege of being the President of the CII. So that's my involvement of the CII, and without it, I would probably um, still be selling insurance, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brilliant to hear the part that the CII has played throughout your career right from early on, and, and that it's taken, you know, as your career's taken you across different regions, you've moved from different institutes and had experience in, uh, you know, in councils and uh, even as a local institute president and, and on the CII board, which is fantastic. I mean, have you found that, you know, your experience at different institutes was different and kind of helped build you as a professional and build your, build your network as well as you, as you progressed? It certainly did. I mean, being able to sort of like meet, you know, a diverse range of people. So both not just in age, but also from gender and, and ethnic backgrounds. There, there, were, there were very nice people and there were people who were not so nice who, who you meet, but that's, that's life anyway. But they, there was far more nice people than there were not nice people, which is, which is, which is thankful. But they also gave very freely and, and with no issue, um, a, a quasi-mentoring type um, format where they were always there should you had a question or if you had an issue or if you wanted some clarification. There was always somebody there who was on hand to help you. Um, guide me through qualifications, for example, doing my ACI and an FCII. And also along the way, allow me to do uh, distance learning at university to get um, a degree at, uh, at uni as well. But... Um, it also allowed me, particularly being sitting on the CII board, certainly helped me in my role when I become uh, a director at uh, Broken Network and also at Kingfisher on how you behave and what, what, what's expected of you and, and, and some of the disciplines which are required as a board member. That was totally invaluable. And uh, certainly without that, I think I would probably have struggled to adapt to, to, to those roles as time went on. That's really interesting to hear that the CII and, and specifically, you know, other members and, and board members and it all helped you, gave you support as you were learning and, you know, working your way up, but also at that director level as well, you know, the position you're in now. Mm -hmm. And that really is all at a local side of things as well, you know, because, you know, the CII is looked upon as really being a qualifications and CPD event. And then the social events are always, always nice to get at. But I don't think a lot is shown on how it does help in uh, how your career develops. It's not one of these things which smacks you in the face as sort of like, this is career development. But when you have the opportunity like I get from time to time to look back, you do see some moments where if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here now. And it, it does have that subliminal effect of... of 
of helping you in your career, which I think uh, doesn't come across that often um, within when we talk about local institutes, we talk about CII. Absolutely. And, and that leads us nicely onto your theme for your presidency, Ian. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the area of focus that you know, you'll be looking at for 2024 and why you think this is important? Yeah, my, my area of focus and theme is members, not membership, members, actually individual members, and making them the front and centre of the Institute again. I think, not through anybody's fault, I think it's just evolution. We focused focused probably a little bit too much on corporate firms. We should still be focusing on that, don't get me wrong, but I think that's been um, at the expense of the individual member. And we've been focusing on the value of the CII to corporate firms and, and et cetera, et cetera, not really gone out and spoken about the value of the CII to individual members and, and what it means to be a member of the CII. Yes, you've got professionalism. Yes, you've got the public trust and you've got the, 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 um, the, the charter which we have bestowed on us. But also, like I've just mentioned previously, you know, the effects of how it can shape you as an individual within your career and help you sort of like get to to try and get the um, the job opportunities as well to actually advance the, your your career irrespective of what age you're at, and it gives you a great grounding and also you understand professionalism far better and how it is to be a professional. So that's what my theme is this year: is to put members front and square, uh, right in the centre of the CII. And make them feel important. Excellent. And and you've spoken a couple of times there. You've mentioned, you know, what the CII can do for members and how it can help shape your career and, you know, support you as you're learning and, and networking with events as well. But what role do you think volunteers and members play in making the, the CII a success, particularly the local institutes? Um, they're incredibly important, aren't they? They're massively important. And without the volunteers, they wouldn't be a any local institutes and they're possibly wouldn't actually have the bedrock for the CII to actually build itself on either. So I think if the volunteers sort of like went en masse and just withdrew all their their volunteering overnight, that we would be in a massive, massive problem. And I would encourage all members, whether you're active within your local institute at this moment in time or not, I would really encourage you to, you know, step up and join council, um, volunteer help, you know, put on these events for, for fellow members because you will get a richness out of it. You really will. Um, and it's so vitally important, as I say, for, for, for them to, to continue. And what is encouraging is that as I go around the institutes and, and talk to them, seeing the young members actually being more involved in councils and more, and more members sort of like volunteering to do things. And when you sit on council, it doesn't necessarily mean to say you have to have a role on council as a dinner secretary or as an education secretary or whatever. You can sit on council as a council member, just helping people. So, you know, a lot of people, I think, shy away from joining uh, local institute councils, thinking they're going to get landed with a job and they're going to end up being president, whether they like it or not. And they're going to have to do the dinner secretary's role and all of it. That's not strictly true, you know. Uh, the more people who join council, then the less likely that is going to happen to you because you can just join in, in in putting on events, helping put on events, and just be part and parcel of 
of that local institute and, and giving back something. That's fantastic. Yeah, really important to highlight that. And I'm sure you'll continue to do that this year. Yeah, and it's certainly, you know, it's vital to encourage new members and, and for, for current members to get more involved in their in their local institute so they, they continue to grow and thrive. So how do you plan to engage with local institutes this year, uh, Ian? It's obviously early in, in, in January as we're speaking, but have you got plans to, to visit the institutes and to engage with as many as you can? Absolutely. In fact, we started last year when um, proactively we encouraged members of the board, as well as myself, and in particular Helen Phillips as well, going out to um, visit local institutes and uh, attend a council meeting for them. I think I did around about eight or nine last year. I intend doing more this year. Um, we're, we're writing, currently writing out to the local institutes, asking them, do they want a visit? If they do, then give us some dates and we'll we'll endeavour to, you know, certainly I will endeavour to get there. And, and other board members will, will support me if I can't get there, if there's a clash of dates, for example. But the more institutes I can go to, and, and when I've actually visited the institutes, being there to answer the questions, you know, actually being open and transparent and sort of like dealing with things head on. So it's not just uh, going there and just... Uh, turning up and going, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm your president, isn't it great to turn up? I want to be challenged, I want to be asked questions, and it's nice to go and see these people and get involved. And, that you know, what I get, you know, the feedback I've had from doing that has, has been absolutely positive. And in fact, a number of the institutes I visited last year want to come back again this year. So must be doing something right. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't know what, but it must be something. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sure you'll find out more this this year, certainly. But that's that's great to hear because you're right; it is a really valuable way of building that connection between the the local institutes and the CII as a whole. I'm sure you know all the institutes are different different sizes, and and they have you know different things they're focusing on and different challenges. So that's that's great to keep that communication going. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the CII has recently announced uh, a new CEO, of course, Ian. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Hill will be joining the organisation in, in April. So how do you plan to work with the CII CEO, the PFS CEO as well, the Personal Finance Society, to help the whole organisation kind of best support its members? Well, um, just picking up on the PFS side, first of all, one of the good things which has happened there is now I sit on the PFS board as an observer. So I can now sort of like... And I am invited to make certain comments on that board as an observer as well. So I've shared the uh, the membership theme with the PFS board already, and that was uh, enthusiastically uh, accepted by them. Uh, and they've made a they've made commitment themselves as to want to work towards enhancing that theme and, and making sure that uh, it's successful. So there'll be various meetings with the PFS CEO and with the PFS board to move things forward, to align their business plan with members and to make sure that we get the message across that members are important and, and, and send the right messages out. From a CEO, uh, CII CEO point of view, obviously we've got the strategic plan, which has got the realignment uh, with the local institute. So that will gather pace this year. Um, it's already starting to bear fruit from the uh, work which was done last year. But it's a five-year plan, so obviously not everything's going to be achieved in the first two years uh, of that. When we uh, were interviewing the, the the new CEO, that strategic plan was discussed as part of the interview process, and I'm looking forward to uh, linking up with uh, Matthew 
in April to discuss how we can move that forward and 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 get success for that. In the interim period, obviously, Jill White is the interim CEO, and I meet frequently with Jill, and I have met frequently with Jill, not just last year, but also this year, although we are only a couple of weeks in. I've had two or three meetings with Jill already um, of where we can move things forward in the interim period as well, and making sure that all of our communication regarding local institutes is, is all about members and the fact that we can get members, as I said, from the outset, front and centre of the organisation. So that's that's how I plan to, to work with both CEOs of uh, CI and PFS. That's great to hear about the, the work already being done and that things are aligned and, and moving forward in a, in, in a positive way. And um, we've already touched on Ian, you know, the support the CII and, and PFS, of course, can can offer to, to members. I mean, how important do you think professional qualifications are to insurance and financial services professionals? And also, you know, continuing professional development, that ongoing CPD and insurance, how, how important do you think that is? I think both of them are massively important. And you would expect me to say from professional qualifications, and as an FCII, you would expect me to say they're massively important. But they are, you know. And I've seen during the last 40 odd years where when I first joined in, uh, in the insurance industry, it was almost a requirement that you had to be ACI qualified or working towards your ACII uh, to get a job really, or, or to get a job of any note or, or get a job with a title, so to speak, and progress your career. That sort of like waned towards the end of 19, the 80s and the 90s, but it made a bit of a comeback in, in the year 2000. And, and I'm glad it has because having a professional qualification shows and, and highlights to the public at large and to your colleagues how professional you actually are and the fact that you, you, you are happy to do study, you are happy to progress your career and you're happy to progress your technical knowledge. And that is supported by CPD. And without CPD, even once you've got your SCII, ACII or Cert CII or diploma, whatever it is you've got, CPD is massively important to make sure that it keeps that relevant because the insurance industry undergoes massive change year on year. There's new products which comes in. There's there, there's changes to how we deal with insurance, how we transact it, how uh, how we settle claims. Um, and without those CPD events, we wouldn't know any of that. And it also supports changes in regulation as well. So in giving um, master classes to our members on consumer duty, which is the, the recent one. And all that helps build that technical knowledge, enhance confidence and ability, and, and garners the trust of the public, which is what we're, which is what we're here for. And the CI in particular um, have a fantastic CPD event, or roster of CPD events, um, not just on a central basis, but far more importantly, at a local level. And the local guys uh, at local institute level, they put on the CPD events, which are actually for their members, what their members actually need. So, yes, we've got a roster centrally, which helps the local institute put CPD events on. But, but without the, uh, that local flavour, uh, we would miss something and, and our members would miss something as well. 
Yeah, you're certainly right. Um, insurance is always evolving. You know, regulation is is always growing as we as we hear and as we know and and changing. And it's encouraging to hear that members are getting um, the CPD they need at a local level. Is as you say, very important. How do you think the CII can play a role in in helping shape the future of of the insurance and financial services professions? Ian, what what role can the CII play in in evolving and changing with uh, with the industry as as it changes? I think we need to have far more engagement with the FCA, with the ABI, more engagement with with members as well. Um, and I'll take all three really. So, like from an FCA point of view, we need to sort of like start beginning with thought leadership. We need to sort of like get on the front foot with them, start discussing, you know, what what changes, what what have the FCA got in mind for changing coming up? We can help the FCA sort of like work on that. We can help get the message across. We can develop um, CPD events. We could also develop and, and and evolve our qualifications to actually meet some of that, some of those requirements as well, which will help members sort of like deal with that sort of like regulatory environment in a better way. Um, from a trade point of view with the API, sort of like being able to be on the front foot with, with the insurers and the MGAs so that we know what they're thinking and, and, and what do they want to see. Uh, from us going forward regarding qualifications, regarding training, regarding CPD events. And from a membership point of view, if we have that thought leadership, we can share that with the members. We can sort of like tell them the rationale as to why some things happen and some things don't and what we want to do. And again, we can respond uh, as a professional organisation, as a membership organisation, we can respond to the needs of our members by giving them what they want to meet the ever-evolving changes in insurance. So if I look at new products, for example, you've got cyber insurance, you've got AI, which are the two big things at the moment which are, which are there. That's without the regulatory stuff. And these are the things which we need to be fleet of foot on as an organisation to meet the de- demands of our members to give them that technical knowledge in, in new products and with new regulatory responsibility. And we, we hope that the Trust Insurance Institute can play an increasingly significant role with the regulator. Um, I mean, uh, Ian, do you feel that that could be part of your focus for this year as well? Is that something you, you hope to, to kind of lead on along with the CEO and, and the CII team um, yeah. to have more dialogue with, with the FCA and ABI? Yeah, uh, I've requested sort of like a couple of meetings with the FCA and they're being, they're being sorted out at the moment. The other area is that from a young generation uh, point of view, uh, the young generation uh, professional group, they also go to parliament with Craig Tracy and we, we help on the secretariat on, on the on the parliamentary side of things. And that's something which I'm also keen on developing to give us a, a little bit more of a toehold in there. So all, you know, the ABI, I haven't approached yet, but certainly the FCA and, and the parliamentary side of things wheels are in motion to get those meetings set up and, and the ABI will be uh, very hot on the heels of that. Excellent. Uh, and you mentioned there that the, the, the younger CII members, the, the talent programme we have, of course, the, the new generation group, which brings us on to the topic of talent, which is, of course, huge and, and ongoing, very important to, to attract new talent. I mean, how vital do you think that is and, and how can the, the, the CII help and how can you know the insurance profession as a whole attract new and diverse talent into the industry, do you think? I think we're doing it quite well. And I think that we've our local institutes. I think virtually every single institute I've visited in the last 
12 months and not just visited from a council meeting, but also uh, attended dinners uh, at, at other institutes. They have a um, secretary, the education secretary or career secretary, going out to schools and to colleges and to universities. And I've been there myself where I, I've gone out. I've gone to, particularly in a sixth form college I, I went to, and started telling um, the the pupils there or, or, or the students there um, just what insurance actually delivers. Like I was saying earlier, what happened to me. Uh, under the generic word of insurance, it isn't just about selling. And then the minute you start talking about you can have a legal career if you wanted to in insurance, you can have a regulatory career, you can have an underwriting career, you can have a, a finance career, you can be a CFO in insurance. All of a sudden, it's almost like the scales before their eyes are suddenly dropping off. And it's like, didn't realize you could do that. That's great. You know, and instead of insurance being a secondary choice, we were trying to get it to become the first choice. And for quite a few of the young professionals now, I think it is the first choice of career. And we need to build on that, obviously. And we need to make the public aware and certainly the youngsters aware that insurance is just as important and being an insurance professional is just as important as being a teacher a doctor an accountant or whatever other profession you want to call it as and uh, so it's vitally important that we compete with those other professionals to get that talent and it's vitally important that we we welcome with open arms everybody doesn't matter what ethnic background they come from disability background they got whether what gender background they are it doesn't matter you know, insurance is inclusive and, and it should be inclusive. We, we are making strides to make it inclusive, but we've still got a long way to go. So we're not resting on our laurels on that. But, it, but the amount of work local institutes are doing in helping us from a central point of view do that is phenomenal. And we could not get centrally access to as many schools, colleges, universities, if it wasn't for the volunteers at the at institute level, at local institute level, who are doing that for us. It's a fantastic achievement what they're doing, and long may that continue. Yes, it's, it's clear once again, you know, the, the key role that local institutes play, you know, in this regard, in attracting new talent and having those connections, as you say, to schools and universities in different areas across the UK. And we always hear that, you know, through new talent, those taking part in apprenticeships, it's it's only when they, they join and they realise the opportunities that are in insurance, you know, that the incredibly valuable and, and varied career that they can have. Uh, and it isn't just, you know, selling a product, it's, it's hugely, you know, a huge value and, and varied uh, opportunity that, that many people would thrive in. Absolutely. And, and it's also important that, you know, just listen to your response there, Luke, it's also important to note that, that from a local institute point of view, these are members, these are individual members. This, this is not a corporate organisation who, who are forming a local institute. These are normal individual members who are going out encouraging other people to join the profession and that that's it's got to be exciting it's got to be valuable and the more people we can get the more members we can get to do that then the, the better the industry will be going forward and that's just one area of, of what you can get out of that you can you can get a, a lot of excitement and a lot of enjoyment 
going speaking to young professionals and, and bringing them into the into into the profession. And who knows that they may then end up mon- uh, mentoring them as they as they go through their career. Absolutely. And, and final couple of questions, Ian. I mean, so fast forward kind of 12 months to, to, to next year. What would you like to, uh, to look back and um, have achieved when you, when you look at your presidency? I, I know you've played a, a significant role with the CIR already in your career and will continue to do so. But um, for the next 12 months, what would you kind of like to look back and, and, and see? I'd like to think that members feel more uh, involved in the CII and that they feel they are wanted and feel important. Um, they are, they just don't feel it. Uh, that, that's the problem. And I'd like to look back and, you know, I think if that doesn't happen, then probably failed uh, because that's my theme. Um, I also would like... Although other presidents will take on different themes, I would also like to have this particular theme running underneath as an undercurrent. And that's one of the reasons I chose members as well, because it can it can be combined with a whole load of other themes as, as new presidents come on and, and it can evolve. So it's not just this year and it finishes. I, I'd like it to evolve and I like, I'd like membership to evolve and members to evolve as, as that goes on. So that's really what I'd like to see as some form of legacy, I suppose, is that members feel that they, they're at the forefront of the CII once more. Excellent. And uh, yeah, as you say, the, the, the theme itself is incredibly important, but, you know, it should continue. And now you've shone a light on it that I'm, I'm sure it can um, in the future, as you say, as part of part of other other themes and other areas of focus as well, because it is it's certainly paramount for the for the Insurance Institute, certainly. And, and what are your hopes for the future of the insurance uh, industry uh, just in general? And what you know, what would you like to see in the future? I'd like to see in the future the insurance profession being looked upon as being a profession and being valued by the public and trusted by the public. I mean, if you go out and you ask any individual, the public is, oh, well, you, you know, what do you think of insurance? Well, they don't pay claims or whatever it is, mm. you know. So I'd like that to try and change and, 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 and try and get the profession to change that mentality. I think building on the chartered side of things which we've got within the CII, that will help dramatically if we if we get that messaging right out to the public about what chartered means in the same way chartered accountants and uh, chartered surveyors are, are actually looked at from a public point of view. But I'd like us to be, be looked upon as being one of the cornerstones of the economy as well. Because if business doesn't exist, then no business exists. It's as simple as, you know, and so that's what I would like to see the insurance profession sort of like in future years, being looked upon as not being a second-rate career choice, as being a first-choice career, being a profession which is valued by the public and being a cornerstone of the economy and, and, and respected by you know, governments and regulators and everything else. Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining us on the Journal podcast today. It's a real pleasure to speak with you and really insightful to get your your themes for your presidency and your, your hopes for the, the insurance profession more widely as well. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. So uh, thanks very much for joining us and all the best for your presidency this year. And thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure for me to actually have the opportunity to uh, to speak as well. So thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, Ian.
And thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Journal Podcast. Uh, for more content and for useful links, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. 